to see this number out this morning. So look throughout the building and see those of varying ages, young and old, see us gathered together for the single purpose of worshiping our God. If you will open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3, we'll use Philippians chapter 3 as a jumping off point this morning. You know, a smart man would have had this microphone with him on the pew and turned it on there and got it situated beforehand. Some say I'm not a smart man. Philippians chapter 3. Let's jump into the scriptures this morning. We'll read what Paul states to the Philippians here. And let's specifically look at verses 13 and 14. Paul states, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of, of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Paul here states that he's pressing towards the upward call of God. We can think through what this upward call of God would be. That would, I would think we would, our first thought would be the eternal home of God. Our upward calling. We think heavenly thoughts, not earthly thoughts. But if we look at the context of Philippians chapter 3, I think we can apply something else here. Think about verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I counted lost, but yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered with the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish. He goes on to talk about the law and righteousness which is from God by faith, that he may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I am already attained or am I already perfected, but he presses on. All of a sudden we can shift from thinking about his upward call being heaven and look at his goal on earth. His goal is heaven, but he's got these like micro goals that he's kind of setting while he's on this earth. These micro-goals, we can look at the context, and the calling is how we live our lives. He puts a value on forgetting the things that are behind and looking towards those things that are new. Paul is always striving for progress. Paul is always striving for progress. We can see that from Philippians 1 and verse 27. Philippians 1 and verse 27 reads, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, so that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, <clears throat> but to you of salvation and that from God. Our conduct must be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And as we press toward this goal, this goal of heaven, the only way that we can attain heaven is by having these micro-goals along the way of being walking worthy of the gospel of Christ. Notice Paul states here, and I, and I emphasize the words, with one mind striving together. With one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. One spirit, one mind. This morning we're going to be talking about um, working with and for a church, working with and for a church. 
I had the blessing of growing up in a family of preachers, and so in that you learn a lot of tips and tricks for, for preaching. And one of the ones that was impressed on me at a very early age is if you're studying something for Bible class, there's nothing wrong with taking what you're studying for Bible class and talking about it on Sunday morning in your sermon. So we're talking about in our Bible class on Sunday mornings, thinking about the work of a church, how the church is organized, and specifically the early church, patterning ourselves after the early church. And so we're going to dive in this morning thinking about working with and for a church. Notice with and for. Individually working for a church and collectively working with a church. And so we looked in our, our Bible class this morning in Ephesians 4. I invite you to turn there with me. This will be the bulk of our, our passage this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to read a, a good bit here. I'm going to read, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read all the way down to 16. We noted this morning in our class, verse 11, he gave himself some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We were talking about evangelists and teachers this morning. But starting in chapter 4, verse 1, read along with me. Paul states here, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you are called. Reminds us of Philippians there. Walk with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want to pause just for a second. I failed to mention this. Starting in verse 11 down to verse 16 is one sentence. This is probably the longest sentence. I didn't actually count, but this is probably one of the longest sentences that Paul ever wrote. He's a master of run-on sentences, but he punctuates them all correctly. He wouldn't get in trouble in grammar school. But verse 11 through verse 16, where we're going to end this morning, is all one sentence. This is one idea. Let's start back again in verse 11 with that in mind. And he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but... Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Verses 1 through 6 talk about this oneness in God. And then verses 11 and 12 talk about the different aspects of the church, different offices, different roles that are given. 
And then we get to verse 16, where we're going to spend the bulk of our time this morning. Verse 16, when you read verse 16, we're in the whole body. In our, our Sunday morning class, we talked about the body and what the body means in, in terms of symbolism in the early church. The body would have been the collective group, the congregation, the body of Christ. Here, we can think universal or local church. But what do we read about this body? We read that every part does its share. The whole body is joined, knit together. Every joint is supplying. There's effective work. It causes growth of the body. So within this giant sentence that Paul writes, in 16, he also is, fills it with parenthetical phrases, things that are kind of uh, superfluous to his main point. But he says them for a reason. But if we take all of that away in verse 16, read what verse 16 says carefully. From whom the whole body, let's take out all the phrases, for whom the whole body causes growth of the body. That's what Paul is getting at. That's his point that he's driving to for that entire sentence. The whole body causes growth of the body. Now think about what that means in the context of the church. The church causes the growth of the church. And we're going to talk this morning and make application to ourselves, make application to this specific congregation of how we can do that. Of how the whole body can cause growth of the body. When we think about this, we think, I'm a member of that body of this local church. So in order for the church to grow, I have to grow. Growth cannot happen in a church without work from every part of the members. No, notice the inclusivity that Paul states here. This isn't just individuals growing. This is everyone growing. Everyone is growing. The whole body, every part, growth of the body. He stated in earlier passages the oneness in the Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one body. We have different roles in that body as we read in verse 11, but there is an inclusivity of the body. Everybody is included in that. When we read uh, this specific part, uh, the Greek reads each one part. We've kind of simplified it to every part. But the Greek reads each one part. He takes and says fingers, shoulders, toes, ankles, ears, nose, whatever. Each one part of that body makes up the body. There's no part that is left out. Paul also talks about the work of the body. This work, when we, when we read every joint supplying, every joint is effective, every joint is proportionately working, every part does its share. There is no part that is idle, there is no part that is useless, all parts have a work and all parts have to be giving their work in, for, in order for the growth of the church, the growth of the body to happen. I'm trying to think of analogies to, to do with this. And the first one that jumps to my head is music. So we'll see if this can relate to everyone. Uh, in music, when you put a band together, you put an orchestra together, whatever, everyone has a part to play. And every part is very, very important. Um, Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture, there's a part at the very end and it's a cannon. A cannon has to go off or something that sounds like a cannon in order for that piece to sound like that. If the cannon go up, goes, does not go off, is it Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture? Probably not, because that's like the main piece 
of, of that of that part of music. If I've got a, a band in front of me, everyone is playing their part except for this one trumpet player, and he's playing Mary Had a Little Lamb. That sounds off. That sounds wrong. You're not adding to the growth of the band because it's incorrect now. When you think of um, in, in, in college, I had the opportunity to do um, some, some physical events. Think of like a log carry. You've got a big log, and all of your guys have to carry the log. If the person at the front is not carrying his or her weight, then everyone else behind it's got to pick up the slack. But if everyone is carrying their weight, you can accomplish your goal. Our physical bodies are, are set up in a way that no part of it is useless or idle. Even if one part of our body falters, if I've got a bad leg, I pulled something, well then this leg is gonna pick up the slack. This side of my body is gonna comp compensate for that and allow me to accomplish my goal of going wherever it is that I want to go. Even if someone, um, the, the other analogy I thought of was auto parts. I used to work in auto parts and these, these young boys would come in and they'd be working on their old trucks or whatever, and they just always want to take things off of the truck. They'd want to change something on. And I'd tell them, I said, you're going to take off this EGR valve or whatever you're going to take off, and I'll see you next week, because this is going to go wrong, and this is going to go wrong, and this is going to go wrong. But they would always do it. And sure enough, I would see them next week. They would take off parts that Chevrolet or Ford or whoever would purposely put on a vehicle to cause something to happen, and then they were surprised when the vehicle didn't work correctly the next week and they had to come and see me. This is not a new concept to us. We know that engines work in a very specific way that when you take something out, it doesn't work correctly. When something breaks, we know that it does not work. The body is the same way. And especially the body of Christ. That's why Paul is talking so um, in this, uh, this analogy of the body. Our physical bodies are set up in a way to make sure that no part of our body is useless and no part of our body is idle. And that brings us to the work that Paul talks about here in Ephesians chapter 4. No one is overtaxed. The whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working, every part does its share. Every part pulls 100% of whatever their part is. Now... My back and my core pull a whole lot more weight than my pinky does. We know these things. We know how the body works. My eyes help me see things. My big toe does not help me see things, except for when it's late at night and I stub my toe or something like that. But your eyes are what help you see things. Everyone has a part, and everyone has to be in a church pulling their entire weight. Why does everyone have to be pulling their entire weight? Because the whole body causes growth of the body. Everyone does its share. Everyone does its share in the measure of their strength. And no member of our body, thinking local church, no member of our body is so obscure that you don't have a part to play. No one is so little that there is not something that you can do. Your share may be small. If you're thinking about what your share is, what you can do, what weight you can pull, your share might be small compared to someone else. But if you are giving your all, giving your 100%, then the body will grow. Each one part. 
No one is out of place. No joint is out of socket. No bone is broken. And so when we're thinking of things we, uh, of, of this passage in the body of Christ, this is the true of the body of Christ as well. Every member of the body of Christ has to do their share. Whatever your share is. And that's something that you can think of on your own. Whatever your share is. What is your 100%? What is the thing that you can be doing? And every last one of us have to be involved. And so when we're thinking of this, we can go to Ephesians 4 and verse 16. It shows who should be doing what. So when we think of the who, the who is everyone. It says every joint, all parts of the body, every joint supplying, every part, every one part does its share. And what should everyone be doing? Everyone should be working. It shows how that could happen in a, a little bit of a way. The body has to be joined together in order for that to happen. If my pinky is cut off and it's sitting over there, my pinky's not doing any work. It does me no good. It has to be joined together to my body to be able to do whatever it is that I have to do. It has to be joined together. Some other versions read fitly framed, fitly joined, bound together, knit together, compacted, uh, not just sitting beside one another. We can think of analogies for this um, intertwined. If you take a piece of cordage and you strip it down to its bare parts, they are very small fibers that make up a, a, a piece of cordage. But once you weave those pieces of cordage together and you bind them together in a certain way, well, now you can haul things. Now you can use pulleys. You can do an enormous amount of work by the combining of these very, very small fibers. This is what Paul is talking about here. All parts being joined or knitted closely together. Intertwined is the idea that the Greek talks about. Through every joint supplied. We cannot have intertwining one of another if we are not in contact with one another. And we'll get into these applications in a little bit. When I think of this, I, I think of... Well, I'm going to embarrass myself first because this is a plant analogy, and so Jacqueline's going to get on to me. But when... Uh, think about a, a, a plant system. If the roots are not connected to the stem of a plant, the leaves are not going to get nutrients that it needs. There are some of us in here who are those roots that are supplying the nutrients to the rest of us. But if we are not intertwined, if we are not joined together, then we're not growing. If the roots are cut off and separate from the rest of everyone else, the plant dies. If the leaves at the top that need the nutrients to grow, to be able to get more nutrients, are not there, are not present, then the plant will die. You have to be able to pass substance along to each other through the idea of being joined together. If a, a shoulder is out of socket, it's not joined to the body. It might be there, attached through skin or various things, but it's not supplying its work because it is not joined. We can think of all of these various analogies, an engine, a piece of cordage, a plant, a, a, a band or thing, but I think we understand the analogy of, of what Paul is talking about here. Every part has to supply its work. Each one part is the way that that reads. We can think of biblical analogies to think of the unity that we should have. The, as we talked about in our Sunday morning class a couple of weeks ago, descriptions of the church were described as a family. 
We're described as brothers and sisters. We're described as a household. All of these things have connotations of unity with them. So now let's get into some, some applications that we can make for ourselves. Applications we can make for ourselves. The body has to work. If a body is not working, it's not growing. We read that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse, verse 16. If the body is going to increase, it has to be doing things. You cannot build muscle mass by not working out. You cannot lose weight by not taking actions, whether preventative or whatever, to lose that weight. The whole body causes growth of the body. So when you read Ephesians 16, yes, he says, joined and knit together, every joint supplies, every part does its share. But the concept of verse 16 is the whole body causes growth of the body. So let's contemplate some things that we can do to be working with and for the church here at Walnut Street. And when we read this in context of, of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, how can we be joined together and uh, supplying each other with these things? The first thing I thought of was interacting with each other. We read a command there, if we read Ephesians 4 and 16 literally, interacting with each other. This means that we're not only going to interact with those who sit right next to us. And I think this congregation does a really, really good job of interacting with one another. And so, no, when, when I'm making applications, this is applications for me. I'm not necessarily getting on to congregation. You're not interacting with those who sit right next to you. That means that those who are younger interact with those who are more experienced. Those who are sitting on the right interact with those who are sitting on the left and vice versa. This also means that um, you can't just interact with your family. This means, Claire, that you can't just interact with the buyers. This means, Bubba, that your family can't just interact with the webs. And I bring those two out because they do an excellent job of not doing that. They do, do an excellent job of not doing that. But we cannot just interact with people we are close with, whether that's physically sitting close with or familiarly, familiarly close with. We can, do, we, we can do this any number of ways. Maybe it's not our forte that we go up to someone and talk to someone. I'm not saying that we have to do that. I think that's a, an excellent way to do it. But a text, an email, a phone call, a note. There are other ways we can do this. Showing up to Bible classes. That's a way of interacting with each other. There are ways that we can interact with each other in Bible class that I don't get by interacting, just talking about your day. I can, in Bible class, in our Bible studies, in our singing classes, I can learn about the way that you think about the scriptures. And I can take away from that being edified and nourished, as Paul talks about here in Ephesians. If we are going to grow, and if we're going to be jointly supplying, we have to interact and talk with each other. So, to see if we do this, let, let, let me pose a question to us. When you talk about this church, do you say we, or do you say they? When you talk about this church, do you say they do that? You say them, they? Or do you say we do these things? You use the word us. This is a question you can pose to yourself. Another way that we can be jointly supplying needs, pulling our weight, doing our share, is attendance. 
Every joint supplies. Like I've said, Bible classes are an excellent way to supply that nourishment. We assemble Sunday morning. We assemble on Wednesday nights to study the scriptures. And I think we do a great job in our Bible classes of sharing our ideas. Um, Reagan does an excellent job on Wednesday night of, of not just being him up there talking. We have a conversation. We have a discussion about 2 Corinthians. So, are you coming to our Bible studies as a way that we can be jointly supplying our needs? We build each other up through these things. So if we think about Bible classes, maybe teaching Bible class or writing Bible class material is not your thing. That's not everyone's thing. That might not be your work. But there's other things you can do to aid or assist. When I needed, I don't have a printer easily accessible to me, and I try not to print too much on the school's printer, things that are not school-related. But when I needed things printed out for Bible class, there are people that are willing and able to help me with that. Printing might not be my work. Printing Bible class material can be a work. You can aid or you can assist, you can comment, you can ask questions, you can invite others to be present to our studies. And when I say Bible classes, don't just think Bible classes Sunday morning, Wednesday night, we're going to have a gospel meeting coming up. What can you be doing for that work? Simplest thing you can do is attend. Are you attending? Our gospel meetings? Are you attending our worship services? Are you attending our Bible classes? Are you supplying what your work can do for the body? Because if you are not, the body is not growing. If we're not attending these things, if we're not supplying our work, then the body is not growing. If every joint is supposed to be supplying something, and Jonathan is not present, not only am I not growing, but now I've caused the church not to grow as well. We read all of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul said that, he, that there were various gifts that were given. Uh, this is specifically verse 11. He said prophets, teachers, apostles. Some of those apply today. Uh, some of them do not. And maybe you don't fit into one of those categories, but look at what those duties were for. Let's focus on that for just a second. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Our goal, like we read in Philippians, our goal is a perfect man, a perfect woman, a perfect Christian is our goal. All of these things were edifying for the body of Christ and we're striving for unity for the body of Christ. So, when we think of things that can be done, what our share is, I'm not going to tell you what your share is today. You can go home and contemplate what your share, what your work is. But there's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be done. I'll share a couple of things. Um, maybe preaching or, or teaching in a Bible class setting is not your, your forte. That might not be your work. We've got sign-up sheets for communion preparation. We've got sign-up sheets for um, taking care of the lawn come time for maintenance to be taken care of. We've got sign-up sheets for cleaning the inside of the building. I'm trying to read right there. Sign-up sheets for cleaning the inside of the building. 
All of these things are a work. Your work doesn't have to be standing in front of someone and working that way. Every joint supplies a work. There is plenty to do. So as we come to a close, I, I want to pair Ephesians 4, what we've read about the body being joined and linked together, every joint supplying a work, with Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25 may be a, a very familiar uh, parable to us. This is Jesus talking about talents. Talents in the old times were a, a, a type of currency. They were a, a certain amount of money. And so we read that someone had five, went out and did things with it, and gave more back. Someone had three, went out and did things with it, and gave more back. Someone had one, hit it in the ground, and gave him one talent back. He didn't grow. So when we read talents, I want us to think opportunities instead of necessarily money. So when we read this as opportunities, he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The man with five talents and the man with three talents used all that they had in every opportunity in order to get five more talents, to contribute to the work that was present. And so if our body is going to grow, and this is, this is the, the point that we're making as we're coming to a close, if our body, our church, is going to grow, every joint has to supply. You have to take every opportunity that you can in order to do a work. Supply every joint. Every joint has to do something. That means that we are intertwined, we are interconnected with each other. We have to be knit together, and we have to grow our body. Turn back with me to Ephesians chapter 4. From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every one part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself, and what is all of this in? In love. All of this is done in love. All of this is done in love. We are not doing work begrudgingly. We are doing work because we love the Lord, because we love this church, because we love these people. And that's why we do everything that we do. So, are you supplying your work? Are you supplying what your joint has to offer to the body? And are you doing it 100%? There are times where we read in the scriptures that if you falter, it's the job of your brethren to help you out. Same thing with the body. We've mentioned this earlier. If one part of my body goes down, the rest will help pick up the slack for a little bit. Why? The rest of the body loves the body, and they know that eventually this part will go out, and they'll need that part that had faltered at one point in time to build them back up. But this can only happen if you are a part of the body. So the invitation stands this morning. If you are not a part of the body of Christ, the universal body of Christ, you can accomplish that. You can join yourself to that body, knit yourself to that body, and supply your work that you have to offer. You do that through baptism. 
you can hear, you can repent, you believe, you repent, you're baptized for the remission of your sins, and you go on about your life. It doesn't stop there. You go on about your life supplying what your joint has to offer. If you've fallen away, if you've fallen away from what your joint has to offer and you would like to join yourself back to the body, there are any number of people in this congregation willing to aid you and assist you in that. All you have to do is come forward while we stand and while we sing.